Hey guys, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is your host, Gris Alves. And today I'm going to talk about the big G-O-D word that I couldn't even say for a couple of years. Again, um, why? The name of God, because of this huge deconstruction kind of process that I went through a few years ago when I was sort of stuck in this cult of fundamentalism, uh, fundamental Christians and evangelists and I really didn't realize how far deep I had gone in. So this is a little bit of what happened here. Of course, if you've been following me, you know, you know my story, you know that everything, um, why I got fired from the board of elders because, you know, I said, I think really, I mean, what is this? You're going to exclude the, the gay people or the people that don't think that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for your sins. And then if you don't believe a certain thing, you're not in the club and, It took me so long to be able to just come up and say that because for many, many years I was trying to belong. And so what happens is if you don't believe, you don't belong, right? So I quit that baloney, but this is kind of like the trauma that came out of it and also really the spiritual growth, okay? That's what this podcast is about. If you're interested in this topic about forgetting about religion and being able to be just a spiritual person that sees God in everything... And, you know, if God is a word that you just cringe, cringe when you hear, this is kind of what this podcast is about, because I cringed for a long time. And so let me tell you a little bit of the background of my story. I ended up in recovery meetings when I was 25 years old because, well, I was partying a little too hard and, you know, I was in bands and rock and roll and all over the place. And long story short, yes, I ended up in recovery um, when I was 25 years old. And in these beautiful 12-step recovery meetings, the first thing they tell you is, well, you just really, the only thing you you need to be able to go is a desire to be clean and sober. So I had the desire. I've had it for so long. So that's it right? But one of the main things they talk about is to give your life over to a higher power or to ask for help or to just surrender. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever you guys say, because I don't care. I need to not be able, I need to be able to stay clean. I need to stop, you know, this madness. And um, so, but I, of course I had a hard, you know, a hard time. What do you mean God? What do you mean God? Who's going to be God? Jesus or Buddha or the mayor, you know, the shamanism, and it doesn't matter. They say, fake it till you make it, just keep coming back. And so what happens in this process, and this is the beauty of the 12-step program, is that it doesn't matter if you believe in G-O-D or not, right? If you want to stay clean, if you want to stay sober, you can just give your, you know, surrender over to a rock or your puppy, or if you, you know, whatever your God is, or the universe, or the water, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's an act of faith and of hope, because you know that you can't do it on your own anymore, and that you need something else, even if it's some type of idea that'll gonna, that is going to keep you going. And so, you know, time goes by, time goes by, and I'm like, what in the hell? Sober? Six days? Six weeks? Six years? What? Like, how is this happening? And yes, you you come to like a realization that there is something beautiful out there that is this huge sensation of love and gratitude. And um, I never identified God with a specific person, place, or thing back then, right? It was just like this experience. And my friends would say, what's, what's up, man? You look totally different. I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's the thing they call God or something because I am just transformed and I'm working through all my pain and talking about my suffering and, you know, 
just working it through and looking at myself every day about what are my defects of character and how I can grow. And it was just like this beautiful process. And after many, many years, and I got married and had the kids and blah, 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 we ended up moving to San Diego and ended up in this huge community of, uh, like of this big Christian church where I wasn't going to meetings anymore. They had small groups now. Small groups over there is like the version of meetings. So blah, blah, blah. We're in the small groups and people share. And they don't really share as deep as the people in the AA meetings because over here you have to kind of play the part because since you're in a religious circle, you don't want to tell them all of it because then, well, you know, law would have mercy. You're supposed to be kind of holy. So you can say some of it, but not all of it. And then it depends who you're with. And part of the reason Julio and I attracted a lot of our friends into our small group is because we didn't care. We just freaking just said it, man. You know, life is hard. This is what happens. Shit happens. And so when you're opening up and being vulnerable, well, people get up, you know, of course they opened up and they were vulnerable. And all of a sudden you have this great community. And um, the only thing with these groups is that, well, we were calling God Jesus and that was great. But if you didn't like Jesus or you didn't think he was real, then, well, you probably weren't going to be coming to the group anyway because it was part of the church. So anyway, years and years and years go by and it's all amazing. However, as in any type of spiritual growth, any type of evolution of your consciousness or of your soul or of your life, you start to need different teachers, different kinds of experiences because it just gets old. I just think that's how we're doing. You know, we're evolving from whatever, you know, from an amoeba to a human or through all those processes. And so, of course, you're evolving from one type of need to another, to another, to another, because that's just the way we're created. We're expanding, we're growing, we're glowing. And so the point is that I began to doubt, like, okay, what's up with all these belief systems? I mean, this is all good. And we have lots of friends and community and the kids get to play with other kids and everyone's really nice to the kids because, you know, you're Christian and you have to be nice. But what's up with this God that if you don't think a specific thought, um, he's going to, you know, kick you to the curb and send you to hell. But do I say anything? I can't really say anything. I don't really believe in this a hundred percent. This has just been really good for my family because we're all together and we're all this community and this is great. And so, you know, of course I was so like, I don't know. I don't want to say brainwashed, just conditioned, you know, this is what it is and this is where we belong and this is what's good and I'm a good girl because I'm going to this church and blah, whatever, you know, this is the higher power that we're with right now. Jesus is cool. He's kind of a badass. Let's just do this. But when I got deeper into serving and working with other people and, you know, oh, can you do this retreat? Can you do this group? Can you, can you sing a song? Can you do the worship? Blah, blah, blah. And then I got a little bit more into it. Next thing you know, I'm in I hate calling it leadership, but yeah, whatever. You're one of the people that, that, you know, you lead these groups. And I just was dying inside for years because this was just not, I just, I hated not being able to say certain things without having, you know, all these texts coming in about, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And so anyway, long story short, I quit. I quit. I went up to the pastor after years and years of thinking about this and said, look, dude, I honestly, I don't really think anyone's going to go to hell. I think hell is right here. I think this is all a bunch of, you know, myths and stuff. And I think you're a super fundamentalist and I can't be, you know, I can't live like this. Of course, they said, sure, there's a door. Goodbye. Send a resignation letter because no, you're not welcome here if you don't think the same things that we think. And you're probably going to go to hell with everybody else and blah, blah, blah. 
And so I left there and it was relieved, but it was a huge, huge, huge process that I'd been working on with, you know, spiritual directors and some friends from other open-minded faith communities that are the bomb. Um, And some friends that were just like, yeah, Greece, you're awesome. I guess you're just kind of going through it, but you know, you're still cool. You still have your moral values, whatever people, whatever. But through the people that were actually ahead of me in this kind of process, I don't know, you want to call it awakening, you want to call it just, you know, a new spiritual step in my life, you want to call it whatever you want to call it, that's what I was in. And of course, the kids and my husband were all in it, we're all in it. And, you know, it's like realizing that all of these things that you thought were true are not true, or you kind of knew they were not true, right? But whatever. Besides that fact, no more friends, because now you don't believe in this. And you can't go to this retreat or lead at this worship place or serve at the rescue mission like we used to because, well, now you are the heathen that doesn't think that the atonement theory is true. And so, you know, I I was digging deeper and deeper and yes, you know, taking thanatology classes, which is the study of death and and spiritual intelligence classes and um, meditations. And I got my yoga teacher training and I am just a... I have a love for digging deep into spirituality and what is the experience of G-O-D and what is the experience of love. And I don't necessarily think that I'm right, but this is just my process in my life. And this is, you know, and I had a lot of people say, well, what do you believe now? What do you believe? And I said, I don't believe I know. I know because an experience of sitting in prayer silently every day, for however long I was doing this, I don't know, 45 minutes, just asking, just feeling, just remembering, and just crying. I just knew that there's this huge form of love and awareness that is inside of me and surrounding me. And so with, you know, it was just a process that took a long time. And, you know, if you want to talk about the process, send me an email, go to my webpage, and I'd love to discuss with you because to me, this is like one of the most fun things that I can do as a human, and I love it. So anyway, for a while, of course, you know, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of grief about why, number, the first grief clearly is, why didn't I do this sooner? What the hell was I thinking? Why was I so freaking insecure that I needed to belong to this group when I was already like way liberated of that bullshit back in the day when I was with the meetings and doing meditation and doing other things. How did I get stuck in here again? Like, how did this happen? But, you know, I got over that. um, And it was really just a grief of like, wow, gosh, you've been sold ever since I was little, because I grew up Catholic in Mexico, that God is this huge dude up there and he's just zapping you and you better pray so that he doesn't, you know, leave you and that you don't, you know, fall off the cliff in life and, And there's all this guilt and shame, and it's just horrible. It's horrible. It's like child abuse. And so nobody could say the G-O-D word in my house. My my son, who was, I think, 11 years old at the time that we left the church, and now I'm telling him, you know, well, this is what's happening. It's uh, it's not true. It's not true what they were saying. And, you know, they grew up in this little Christian school, so he would ask me, so what now, Mama? What happens when we die now? Do we go to a big black abyss? 
We might go to a big black abyss. I don't know. But we're here right now. I'm looking at your face right now. Where are we at this moment? Because this is the moment that's important, not what's going to happen when you die. What are we doing right now with this gift of life that we have? Because guess what? It's going to end. And I think the awareness that it's going to end is the reason we all have all you know we have to have some type of religion because it's really scary and we're trying to avoid it and um, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. And so how, that's what I tell my son is I'm you know honey I don't know I'm discovering I am uh, having an experience every day that is different. However, it's more and more of love and compassion towards me and towards others. And we, and I do feel like I have this, um, these experiences of connecting to God and a different way of seeing things now. But for, like I said, two or three years, I couldn't even say the G-O-D word. And yesterday, yesterday was the first time when I thought, I think I, I was in a taxi, I was talking to a taxi man, a taxi driver who was taking my Guatemalan client from the jail who had just gotten out of jail. He was taking him over to the Airbnb because we're coordinating a flight for him to fly out to see his family in North Dakota because one of the public defender attorneys that I work with is going to help him with his immigration case because he just came across the border. And I'm talking to this guy in the in the cab and he's helping me coordinate this. You know, the Guatemalan dude doesn't speak Spanish and this guy's probably from... I don't know where he's from. I don't want to sound, you know... Um, politically incorrect, but of course he was a foreigner. I think he was probably from uh, someplace in Egypt or Africa. And we were just, I was like, dude, thank you so much for doing this. He made sure the guy got into the house and then called me back and said, okay, he's in, we're good to go. Good luck. I said, thank you so much. God bless you. Oh yes. Yes. He blesses me with this and thank you. This is my job. And I realized, wow, Oh gosh, I just said God bless you for the first time without feeling like a freaking hypocrite. Because that's why I couldn't say the G-O-D word, because it was so tied into the hypocrisy of, of this belief system and of this cult and of this club that if you don't think like I think, you're not in. And that's a lie, people. That's a lie. God is not a religion. The big G-O-D, universe, spirit, energy, Love, whatever, whatever is your language to call it, it's not even enough because it's so freaking huge that we think we we put it in this little box and that we know. We don't even know. We don't know shit. We don't know anything. We know we can breathe. And we know that if you lay your hands over your heart, you feel that there's something beating there and it's keeping you alive and there's something animating this body, right? This this physical body that's born of this earth has a soul that keeps it alive. And when the body dies, the soul, the energy transforms into something else, like ice transforming into water or hot water into vapor. I mean, that's that's the realization that I've had right now, but it's taking me years of grieving. Yeah, dude, of grieving, I don't know, of grieving really not have figured it out sooner. And I know that's bad. I'm not going to say bad or good, whatever. That's just an observation. Okay, whatever, right? Shit happens. You have to grieve things. You have to process, blah, blah, blah. What I'm trying to say here is that there's a relief of thanking God because I know it's so big. And when people tell me, well, no, you need to come back to the church one day. One day you'll be saved again. I want to ask you, what size is that kind of God? What sector of the 
you know, of the population does he serve? Only the ones that think like you? Only the ones that raise their hand in church when you say, who wants to be saved? Check it. Oh, we saved 50 souls today. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, I know that it comes maybe from a sincere heart and that you're really worried about me and or whoever isn't saved yet. But, you know, when I see all these beautiful Jehovah Witness girls with their long skirts and their <laughs> button-up shirts all the way up to their neck, walking around my house because there's a Jehovah Witness temple near my house, and they have their duty every morning to walk around the houses and, you know, and share their message. And I look at them thinking, okay, that's like that's like their journey right now, right? That's giving them purpose right now. And sometimes I want to come up to them and say, well, what, what's your experience of love? What does this belief system and tying your shirt all the way to the top do for you? Um, I'm not saying being naked, they don't need to get naked, even though that might be a liberating thing for them because these bodies are amazing and we've been so repressed by religion, so repressed by the conditioning that stems from Christianity in this country anyway, and in Mexico as well, because so much oppression. And so, I mean, I'm beginning now to finally breathe and say, it's just a different language, people. The Chinese speak Chinese, the Mexicans speak Spanish, um, you know, the Italians speak Italian, and people in Thailand speak whatever they speak over there. So the same source of life the same consciousness, the same G-O-D, just different languages, different ways of calling this amazingness that we have no idea what it is. Um, and it's just a relief to be able to be on this side, you know, at least for today, just for today, right? Who knows what will happen tomorrow, of knowing that we get this opportunity in these bodies to live and love and see other people and not worry about having the right answers about who or what God is. So yes, this right now I call him spirit, the universe, Pachamama, Mother Earth. Um, Jesus, I think, um, is like the main go-to because that's just kind of how I grew up. So yeah, I think of Jesus all the time. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm a transformed human that is aware of the gift of this life, that is aware of the privilege to give and receive love, and that I want to give a beneficial, uh, that I want to give my life for serving others, right? A beneficial presence to the world, but not because it's a checklist on some religious thing and you better do it or else, or you better do it because then you'll be good. No, because of this transforming thing inside of me that gives me so much energy and love to go out there and just you know, tell others about this freedom and tell others about this resistance. You can resist the oppressing um, belief systems that are holding you back from religion and from society and from your family and from wherever they're coming, right? This is about, in general, in general, you don't need to be oppressed. How could we conduct ourselves in these, um, like, avatars that we have in order to just give and learn and grow and... And, you know, bring out joy in all of this. And, of course, you know, help each other out through the process. Create community. I mean, the cool part about churches is the community. So we all need communities. We just don't need to have a little you belong or you don't belong if you don't think like the community. That shit's got to go. That shit's got to go. We need to be able to be. And that's why I think the meetings, the 12-step meetings are like 
I mean, this huge, somebody out there helped Bill and Bob just create this amazing thing because when you sit around in a circle and you're just sharing your story and nobody can do crosstalk, nobody can tell you you're right or wrong, people are just listening. And then you accompany each other one more day, one more day, one more day, healing, healing, healing. We're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other to sobriety. We're all just walking each other through grief. We're all just walking each other through life. And um, thank God, I don't feel like I'm being a hypocrite anymore when I say that word, because I know now that it's just language and it's bigger and even G.O.D. is probably too small for for the grandiosity of this universe and galaxies and wherever the hell. I mean, we're just sitting in this little planet hanging in the middle of this humongous, humongous, humongous universe. What the hell do we know? I know we are creators, so we create our own reality. And so part of the mission clearly is what is getting in the way of you creating this beautiful reality or at least this awareness of who you are. Who are we? We're amazing. You are amazing. And if you're struggling or if you were pissed off at the church or if you're, you know, worried about me or whatever, please comment, send me a message. Let's, you know, let's get together for coffee or let's do a little virtual online talk and, and just um, enjoy each other's company, which is really, I think, one of the greatest gifts. Enjoy your own company and then the person in front of you as you discuss the beauty of life. Ah, tales of recovery, recovering, recovering what we've always known we've had through a struggle, through um, something that happens in your life, which we all have, which is pain and sorrow and working stuff out. This is what this podcast is about. And thank you for listening. We have some really cool guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. And so if you like this, I appreciate you listening. Subscribe, share it, send me a message. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And may you be well. May you have peace. May you not have a problem knowing that God is just a name that's not even big enough for whatever gave us life. See you next time.